Or you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Weekend Review. Here's your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Welcome back to a new season of the Collegian Week in Review, where we give you an inside look into Michigan's oldest college newspaper. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. And today we'll be talking to Allie Hall about the movies of the summer, Lauren about surrogate pregnancy, We'll also be talking to Logan Washburn about the tension in the Michigan GOP. And then we'll be talking to Tracy Wilson about the new Charger logo and other design elements in this week's issue of The Collegian. I'm Maddie, and I'm here with Allie Hall, the assistant culture editor of The Collegian. This week for the paper, she compiled a series of movie reviews made by The Collegian staff. So, Allie, tell us a little bit more about these movie reviews. Well, hello. There were a bunch of different movies that came out this summer, and so I didn't really want to just limit it to one of them because there were things like Top Gun Maverick that came out that got people excited from all the different generations. There's been a ton of music biopics that's that have come out in the past couple of years, and so the Elvis one has obviously been kind of big in the news for a couple of different reasons. So I just wanted to include a bunch of different movies, and with that, a couple perspectives from people on staff who either, you know, loved or really hated the movies. Which was your favorite movie that you saw this summer? I will die on this hill. I think Marcel the Shell with Shoes On was one of the greatest pieces of cinema I've ever consumed. I don't think I've sincerely felt that much joy in one sitting in years. It was inner child honoring at its finest. It was the sweetest movie with, you know, it was just, it was cute. And I think that a lot of the other movies that came out um, this summer and I guess in recent years are, you know, there's this pressure to be either super impactful or super deep or even super scary to kind of shock us out of the numbness of the chaos of the past couple of years. And Marcel was just kind of the opposite of that. It was just kind of at its core, pretty dumb. But, you know, as far as sentiment goes and cinematography, it was really advanced and I thought it was just beautiful. I was obsessed with it. I've seen it twice since. So, yeah, new favorite. What other staff reviews do you think were particularly good? I think the Claire's review about Nope was really good because I think that that's one of those movies that's pretty divisive because Jordan Peele, who's the director, has directed a couple other movies and Nope is not really like some of his other work. And so I've seen at least a lot of controversial takes about, you know, how well received this movie was. And I think Claire did a good job of maybe taking the... It wasn't just a horror movie. It was also really, really funny, you know, and it was the characters and the actors that brought it to life also with kind of that humor element to it. I think she did what a good movie review should do, which is tell you whether or not you should see the movie. Exactly. Exactly. And it it wasn't like I think sometimes once again with directors and producers pressure to make things super deep and whatever. There's also when you're writing about something, that that inkling to be like, I need to make this, you know, seem to the reader like it's super, super meaningful and you have to go do it. And Claire's review was just sort of like, it's funny. And if you want to see it, you should, you know. What is the culture section hoping to do with film and everything else like that in the future? I think the culture section this year, we're going to try to do a little bit more, I think, with graphics, making it look a little more creative and also incorporating a bunch of different viewpoints, like whether it's things like just on staff, we do kind of staff collection picks, or we branch that out to the student body, who knows, we're kind of playing around with some ideas. But 
ultimately, I think our goal is making it more relatable and more interesting for the student body to engage with. Well, thanks for joining us, Allie. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. This is Maddie, and I'm here with my excellent co-host, Lauren Scott, who is also the assistant opinions editor of The Collegian, and she wrote a piece about surrogacy. Lauren, tell me a little bit more about this piece. Surrogacy is kind of something I've always known about, and I've never really had strong opinions on it. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, I just thought it was a little bit strange, Um, but I never really thought it was wrong or anything until I started doing a little bit more research, and I kind of saw that it was really dangerous for not only the surrogate but for the baby as well and so it kind of just rubbed me the wrong way like why would a couple put their child in a dangerous situation just because parenting is supposed to be obviously a very selfless thing but if the first thing you do to your child is put them in a situation where they're more likely to have birth defects or even be stillborn I just kind of thought that was a little bit strange and so I wanted to write this piece on surrogacy just to kind of raise awareness that it isn't just a medical procedure. It's a lot more than that that can put two people's lives in danger. Did you research the scientific background about why it's riskier? Yes. So there are two different kinds of surrogacy pregnancy. There, First, the number one kind is traditional surrogacy. That's where there is a sperm inseminated in the surrogate and basically it's her egg. So biologically the child is her. The more common one is gestational surrogacy, which is basically just in vitro fertilization. So where the egg and the sperm will be inseminated into the surrogate. And so biologically the baby won't be hers. And so anytime you're dealing with IVF or even a traditional surrogate pregnancy, it's riskier just because that's not part of your body. It's something else that's being entered into your body. And there's lots of risk like infection and even you're more likely to have a miscarriage. Some of the other physical risks for the surrogate mother include placenta previa, uh, gestational diabetes, hypertension, and also an increased risk for C-section. And especially placenta previa is pretty life-threatening for the mother and the baby like I mean some pregnancies are successful but that's definitely something that classifies you as a high-risk pregnancy which is something that all surrogate mothers should be aware of when they agree to be a surrogate. So those are some of the physical risks of surrogacy. What are some of the more emotional risks? Southern Surrogacy LLC which is one of the top surrogacy agencies in North Carolina touched on a lot of the risk when being a surrogate. And the main ones um, they emphasized, they really wanted to emphasize that this was not just a medical procedure. This was really a life journey that involved a lot of emotional risk. And so some of the biggest ones were depression and difficult and confusing feelings of loss at the end of the process. And then also a lot of tension with your family members. And then also surrogate.com talked about how the emotional risk for a surrogate pregnancy are heightened simply because you don't get to continue the bond with the child that you grew after pregnancy. 
So although like depression and difficult feelings of loss can be common in pregnancy for a lot of women, it's even worse for surrogate mothers because they don't really have that reward of raising a child that can kind of redeem some of that trauma and some of that depression for a lot of mothers. What do you think about when people try to politicize this topic? This is definitely a topic that shouldn't be politicized because it's most definitely an issue of morality. I touched on this a little bit in the article about a mother named Michelle Reeves. She had been a surrogate before and she was doing her second surrogacy pregnancy and she actually died despite her experience with being a surrogate before and she left behind two children and a husband. And so it's really a matter of women are dying in the name of an extra buck. It can seem really enticing to be a surrogate just because you can get paid um, as much as $85,000. And so a lot of women who may be going through hard times see surrogacy as kind of an easy fix to their financial problems. And then also there's a matter of the children. It's not just... And also there's the matter of the children. There is that physical risk where they're more likely to have low birth weight and also an increased risk for stillbirth but also there is the primal wound that they suffer from being separated from their mother and even with a gestational pregnancy they have no biological relation to the surrogate mother but that's all they've ever known and by the time they're 18 weeks old in the womb they recognize their mother's voice they recognize the mother's heartbeat when they're born they recognize the mother's warmth and that's pretty much the only thing that can ever calm a newborn and so the baby is separated from all it's ever known and placed into a foreign environment and that can have a big effect on not only when they're a baby but also just throughout their life they have that kind of emotional damage a lot of times. What do you think about when people make this same argument about adoption? Adoption is completely different from surrogacy. So first Surrogacy creates the separation between a mother and her child, whereas adoption is a response to the separation between the mother and child. Surrogacy creates that separation in the first place, whereas adoption is solving that problem. And so the two really can't be compared. And some people make that argument and it's just a false claim because they're completely different intentions. And like you said, the issue ultimately comes down to morality. Right. So how do you think that plays into the question of adoption? A parent's job is to do everything for their child in the best interest of their child. And there's no room for selfishness in that decision. So if the first decision you make as a parent is to take away a child from their mother unnecessarily, then I think that's a failure on the parent's part. I think it's different for adoption where the baby is going to be given up regardless. And so you're then providing a loving, safe home for that baby. And you're not the one who has created that separation in the first place. What about people who argue for surrogacy as an option for women who struggle with fertility? Again, I would say that it's still not justified because there are thousands of children who are longing to be adopted. Children who have already been brought into this world who need a home. I would say it's better to take a child that's already been brought into the world rather than creating one to then be given to you. Thank you for sharing, Lauren. Of course. (laughs) 
The Collegian Week in Review continues. This is Lauren, and I'm here with Logan Washburn, the city news editor of The Collegian. Logan, you wrote a story about the Hillsdale GOP. Tell me a little bit more about this. Thanks for having me on today. Um, I'd love to speak about this story. Um, So essentially what sparked this was the County Republican Party sending letters to at least 61 delegates in their county convention. Basically, they sent letters out to at least 61 members of the party in the community, including Representative Fink, um, Professor Gary Wolfram here at the college, and Mike Shirky at the state legislature. And they basically kicked them out of the party. So the party held its convention where they select delegates to go to the state party and they vote on candidates, things like that. Well, basically what happened is after they kicked out the members of the party, they barred them from attending the convention. So why did they kick them out? So the county Republican chairman, Darren Wisely, said it's Hillsdale GOP versus everybody. And I think that really encapsulates the mood here. Um, You know, those who oppose the county party and what it's been doing with disavowing the members see it as the party pitting itself against the rest of the community. And the party itself sees itself as being at odds with a lot of the community leaders. Um, John Smith, the secretary of the party, referred to it as a boss hog mentality among some of the local leaders, essentially meaning that he thinks um, the local leaders are working together and that they've been in control for far too long. And so that's where you see the divide in the community. Dr. Wolfram was one of the people who was kicked out of the party. What was his reaction to this whenever you spoke with him? He seemed very off-put and he seemed very shocked about it. Um, He's taken part in Republican legislation. Um, He's advised Republican governors in Michigan in the past And he's been very active in free market economics for a while now. That's kind of his reputation. So um, they referred to him as a Trotsky international socialist. Founder of Hillsdale County, Right to Life, Bud Veer, tried to enter the convention. What happened after that? So when Bud Veer showed up to the convention, there were two men standing at the door that were um, basically dictating who could enter the convention um, based upon who the county party was going to allow. So Budveer showed his documents that showed he had been elected as a delegate in his precinct, but they still refused him entry. He said they were very polite, but, um, you know, he was a little thrown off by that encounter, and I think that makes sense um, in that situation. What was the reaction of John Smith, the Hillsdale GOP party secretary? So What his take was on this whole issue is that the leaders who were disavowed from the convention had already kind of taken a step back from being involved in the party and local politics. And so he saw it as a way to try and draw attention to the fact that they were neglecting the people that they um, were supposed to serve originally. So um, he didn't see this as much of an issue, but he saw the bigger issue as being those who are in power and who he thinks aren't. Um, living up to what their people expect. What happened after the county party barred delegates from the convention? So after that happened, um, the delegates that were supposed to be at the convention that were elected, they all showed up, but they went to a parking lot downtown and they held an alternate convention. County Commissioner Brent Leninger held the convention in the parking lot and he said things went smoothly. Um, 
Professor Wolfram also said that that convention went very smoothly. Um, so at the end of the day, both the official party and the alternate delegate submitted a slate of um, nominees to the state convention. And so it was kind of a waiting period to see who the state would side with. Eventually, the state sided with the alternate delegates that were disavowed. They sided with Leninger and Wolfram and Fink and Shirky. Um, and then they basically invalidated the local county GOP's convention because they broke the rules by barring delegates that were elected. Thank you for joining us today, Logan. Thank you very much for having me. I always enjoy talking. This is the Collegian Week in Review. This is Lauren, and I'm interviewing Tracy Wilson, the design editor of The Collegian. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. What did you like this week about the designs in The Collegian, and specifically the new Charger logo? So this is our first issue of The Collegian for the year. We had a lot of new designs, which was really exciting. One of the ones that I had a part in was on the sports page. We had, um, as the main picture, the two Charger logos facing each other. So we have the new one. Um, and the old one kind of looking at each other. And I thought it was pretty creative. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I think it's just kind of fun. Shows, you know, a little competition, which I think is important for the school mascot. What did you like about the front page? I love, as a front page design, I love having a really colorful picture in the middle um, with two colored columns on each side. I think that's a really clean look, and it's one that I think is really... Uh, attention grabbing. I think people have liked that in the past. So I hope to see more of that this year. What other design elements did you like in this issue? One thing that I thought was really creative was on the culture page, um, one of the editors designed, um, it was an article for movie reviews and for the pictures, she designed it so that the pictures, the frame was the shape of a television. And I thought that was really cute. Um, Just a really fun way of, you know, using graphic design skills. I liked that. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. You have been listening to the Collegian Week in Review with your host, Lauren Scott. And Maddie Welsh. You can find the Collegian on Twitter and Instagram at hdalecollegian, or you can visit our website at hillsdalecollegian.com. Once again, you've been listening to the Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.